Welcome again to the Full 10 Yards Betting Podcast. I'm Callum hosting this week. Adam is a little bit under the weather, but is still able to join us and be with us, thankfully. Uh, in head of what is a huge Thursday night game tonight between the Dolphins and the Bengals, uh, you have a Bengals representative in Adam, a Dolphins representative in Jack, and a very impartial me, who is definitely not also a Dolphins fan. Uh, Adam, uh, sorry to hear you're under the weather, but how, how are you feeling this week? And are you looking forward to tonight? Yeah, I, I couldn't let you two be on the pod by yourselves, could I? I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to take some drugs, uh, had some ibuprofen, had some sinus stuff to just to calm my aching head a little bit. Um, and yeah, hopefully be able to get up and feel all right at 1am this morning when we're watching this game. Um, looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. Am I confident? Maybe not. Uh, I am confident that the uniforms are looking sexy as hell. The uh, the white yeah. helmet and all white is uh, is a thing of beauty. So looking forward to that. But yeah, game-wise, it should be a hell of a game. Um, obviously hoping that we win. Uh, not expecting. So we'll see. Yeah, hopefully lots of points. I think with the, uh, the white uh, Bengals uniform and the Dolphins aqua is probably the fastest uniform matchup that I can ever think of in terms of looking like pure speed out there. Uh, Jack, how are you feeling ahead of tonight, mate? Uh, Dolphins 3-0 and after a big emotional win over the Bills on Sunday. Uh, well, this morning I was probably 2% confident because I thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to be starting, but uh, thankfully now um, two is going to be starting, so I'm going to stay up till half one to watch it. But um, yeah, look, I suppose starting three, I know you can't really complain. Um, I think the handicap's four, it's probably about right. I, I can't back the Dolphins, I'm afraid, but um, hopefully Tyreek <laughs> has a big game uh, today. Well, we're going to get into the Thursday night game in just a little bit here, but let's start first and foremost just recapping our our best bets from last week. Uh, it was a two and two overall record for us on the pod. Liam is uh, still on holiday and uh, deciding to uh, hide away from us following the Chiefs' somewhat embarrassing uh, defeat against the Colts last week. Uh, but hopefully, we'll be able to get back to a four and zero record this week of best bets. Um, Adam. Do you want to take it away with your best bet for the week and we'll go from there? Uh, well, yeah, last week I lost again. Uh, still not still not had a winner this season, which is a bit of a bit of a pain. And this week, relying on the Cleveland Browns is probably not the most sensible thing to do ever either. But uh, here we are. Um, yeah, Browns minus 1.5 at the Falcons. Uh, it's all on the Browns one game. They have been dominant. Nick Chubb leads the league in rushing yards this year. They're going to do the same again. I think they're going to keep it to minimal drives for each team. Uh, the Falcons have got, they're in the bottom five for rush defense, according to DVOA, and they haven't played a decent rushing team yet. So coming up against the top rushing team in the league, I think they are going to be overrun, and that should be enough for the Browns to win. Um, on the other side of the ball, yeah, the Falcons have been quite fun, quite exciting. Um, Cordell Patterson, Marcus Mariota have all been both been moving the ball well on the ground and through the air. Obviously, Drake London leads rookies in targets and receptions so far this year. But the Browns' defense is good still, uh, even if Miles Garrett doesn't go after his uh, car crush, his uh, minor prank earlier this week. Uh, I say minor prank, he rolled it multiple times apparently, but uh, <laughs> sounds like it was minor injuries, but um, I'm not sure on his health, to be honest. So if he doesn't go, that's obviously a boost for the Falcons, but I think the Browns should have enough to win, even on the road. Yeah, I think, I mean, I agree with you on that one completely. I think I was surprised to see that the line was only minus 1.5 in this one. I thought the, the Browns are clearly the better team, even with their backup quarterback, as good as Cordero Patterson's start to the season has been, as good as Drake London has looked, and as good as we think Kyle Pitts will be if they ever decide to throw him the ball. I just can't decide to uh, take the Falcons over the Browns this week. Jack, are you riding with us as well with the Browns there? Um, it was actually my second pick was the Browns, so um, really? yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, as you said, I think the Browns are going to run all over the Falcons' defense, and um, yeah, I'll be very confident about it. I think I've thrown in a few bets to be honest. Yeah, I could definitely see this being one that a lot of people have in their weekend acker per se. Um, next, I'm going to read a statement from Liam, uh, just so that we don't we get his best bet in here before I forget. Uh, Liam has gone for the Chargers minus five, he says this spread should be more like minus 10.5 with his preseason power numbers. However, with all the Chargers injuries, we're not sure exactly how this is going to go. Liam says the Texans won't be able to run on this team and have struggled to move the ball downfield all season. 
Even without Slater and Bosa, he thinks that an injured Herbert can do enough to win this game by double digits. Though, if Chase Daniel plays more than half the drives in this game, he's going to be in trouble. So, Chargers minus five for Liam. Jack, it's a bit of a weird number, obviously. Five right in the middle there. You, you're not really getting your field goal. You're not getting your touchdown. Um, how do you feel about Chargers minus five against the Texans? No, wouldn't be going near it. Um, I don't know. I think the, the Chargers seem to be the winners of the offseason every single year. Um, and then when it comes to it, they just... They never actually performed as good as a, as, a, as people think they will. I think towards the season started, they were maybe top five, top six team to win the Super Bowl. And again, they're probably, well, I'm not going to say they're not going to make the playoffs, but it's looking a bit dodgy at the moment. And the Texans, I thought, would be probably one of the worst teams in the NFL, but they're somehow sticking in games. And I think the handicap at five is just about right. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers won by seven or ten, or double digits, as, as uh, Liam said, but... I'd probably gone to my head. I'd be more likely to pick the Texans plus five than the Chargers minus five. I think that's completely fair. Adam, are you in congruence with us there? Yeah, that's not a game I can touch. Um, just the, as you said, the amount of injuries on the Chargers is just rough on both sides of the ball for them. I do think they probably will cover because I just can't take the Texans. But yeah, it's not a game I will be going anywhere near that one. Yeah, all of my fantasy teams would really like Austin Eckler to start getting in the end zone mm. and. Uh, that would be a, a really big deal. I mean, if uh, if the prices come out and he's about evens for a touchdown, I I definitely like that because I think he's very much due. Uh, and then for me, uh, sorry, excuse me, Jack, we'll go to you next. Jack, your best bet. Uh, my best bet is the Cardinals plus one and a half against the Panthers. Uh, I looked at the lines, I think it was Monday morning or Tuesday morning, and I thought I was seeing things. Um, I have no <laughs> idea why Kyler Murray's underdogs against Baker Mayfield. Um, makes no sense to me at all thought the Cardinals would be maybe three or four point favourites, even though they haven't exactly been great this year. I said at the start of the year I was going to fade the Cardinals as much as possible because of the off-season issues and the contract stuff with, with Kyler, but having them over-evens against um, the Panthers, I, yeah, I just ha- I had to back it. Yeah, I think you get decent odds on a little Browns-Cardinals money line double, to be honest with you. Almost, almost three or four to one there. Um, Adam, are you with Jack on the Cardinals being a strange underdog in this situation? Yeah, I, I think all of us in the uh, chat group were expecting the Cardinals to be the favourites in this one. Um, yeah, the Panthers obviously won last week. Well done. They they were outstated in pretty much every every facet. It was a LaVisca Chenault uh, big, big run that set them up for the win. And other than that, they haven't done much. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's missed training for the second day in a row with a quad injury. So if they don't have him, they really don't have a whole lot. Um, the the worry is well, I say the worry. The worry is that the Cardinals won't get any pressure, but they are blitzing one of the most in the league. And if you do pressure Baker Mayfield, he does not do very well. So, yeah, we I think we're all in agreement that the Cardinals should be the bet on this one. Yeah, wholeheartedly. I mean, you know, everybody knows these are two of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, even if they don't perform like they should be doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's there's a very st- I, I really don't understand it, as you said, Jack, that why why the Cardinals are the underdogs in this game. Uh, maybe someone in Vegas knows something that we don't. But until we see otherwise, I would definitely be leaning uh, with the Cardinals as well. Um, and somehow after a, a bad week one, I'm now riding a two week streak of getting my best bet right, which is feeling really nicely. So I'm going to go back to the well that has not let me down so far, and I'm sticking with the Detroit Lions, minus four against the Seattle Seahawks. Dan Campbell is 3-0 and against the spread this season, and I would make up a stat about his last two years, but I know, but I, I don't want to give out false information. I know that the Lions are very good at staying in all sorts of games. Um, the Seahawks are pretty bad generally. Geno Smith had the kind of emotional week one win where he didn't write back to his critics, and pretty much ever since then, he's been writing sonnets on a weekly basis. So, I uh, yeah, I can't trust the Seahawks whatsoever. Uh, DK Metcalf de- deserves better than what he's being uh, given right now. But even if DeAndre Swift is out, as it looks like he will be, I just think the Lions are the better team right now. Playing well, Jared Goff is not necessarily back to being a number one overall pick, but is rediscovering a bit of his mojo that he had definitely lost in kind of the latter stages of his time in LA. So, yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the Lions and I'm I'm very happy with it. Um, guys, thoughts on Detroit, Jack? Uh, it's the handicap of four is just, I don't know, I think they'll win the game, but I, for some reason, think they're going to win by three. Um, yeah, Seahawks or Seahawks after the first win, like they've been terrible. Um, Russell coming back and getting the win against uh, the Broncos, 
Broncos haven't exactly been great either this year, but that was obviously a big win. Um, since then they've been poor. The Lions, I don't know. I thought they were going to be absolutely terrible this year, but they've actually been pretty decent. Um, they could have won last weekend as well against the Vikings. I had the Vikings backed, so I was happy enough with that just to win. Um, I think the Lions are one of them teams that I probably would have backed them to win this weekend, but minus four. I don't know. It's it's like something they'd win by three or four, I think. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to the selection, we'll say. And Adam, from your side, you, you're nodding your head, which is filling me with dread. But uh, I guess you're agreeing <laughs> with Jack's take there. Oh no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm agreeing with okay, you on great. this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, like if if the Seahawks can lose at home by four points to the Falcons, then they can lose by more than four in Detroit against the Lions. Yeah, the Lions' offense has been. Like so it's been really exciting this year, averaging about thirty points a game. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown being out or possibly being out is a little bit of an issue, um, but that just means more Jamal Williams on the ground and more uh, Josh Reynolds in the air. Who Josh Reynolds has been all right, and uh, obviously they've got a couple of other receivers there. They've been able to move the ball well. I, I think that they should be covering the four. Um, it's yeah. The worry for me is the same as last week is that their favourite, well, same as two weeks ago, their favourites, they don't really know how to be favourites at the moment. So until it's kind of proven to me, I will avoid it. But again, they were they were probably on my top five list. Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, with how good the Browns have looked, imagine when you add uh, Jamison Williams into the, the, the mix here, because I, I really do think that that could be, you know, a mm. really explosive part of... Uh, of the Lions offense once they get a chance. So it's, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time to be a Lions fan if you are, you know, happening to be one of those. And the uh, the misery that you've had to endure over the years, I think you definitely deserve this excitement right now. So fingers crossed that it keeps rolling for the Lions. Uh, let's dive into the games. And we will obviously start tonight with the Dolphins at the Bengals. And I should just say all of our Lions are coming from 888sport.com and they are accurate as of 1 p.m., on the 29th of September, 2022. Dolphins at Bengals. Dolphins are currently listed at plus 3.5. The over-under is 48.5. The Dolphins have started this season remarkably well under new head coach Mike McDaniel, who is already being touted as coach of the year, which is maybe a little bit premature, but he certainly made a huge difference to this Dolphins team. The Bengals, conversely, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover in weeks one and two, the very weird game that they managed to lose to Pittsburgh. And then again in Dallas against the now phenom that we know is Cooper Rush, who just can't lose a game that he starts. And last week got a win against the Jets back in the win column. Now at one and two, Adam, as the Bengals voice uh, of the UK, to be frank, how <laughs> do you see where the Bengals are so far this season? And, I know you said you were feeling good going into this with the white uniforms. What should we be looking at for in terms of Bengals tonight? And what do you think with the minus 3.5 spread? Yeah, it's uh, obviously, like you said, not been the greatest of starts, but could be 3-0. It's been two uh, late field goals that cost them the wins. Admittedly, didn't look good in those games. Probably didn't deserve them. Uh, last week against Jets looked a lot better. Obviously, going up against a team that doesn't have a top three pass rusher in there, and in the opposition was very useful for the Bengals. They managed to protect Burrow well. Uh, it'll be that's the key to the game tonight. Obviously, is stopping Ingram and the rest of the Dolphins pass rushers, uh, slowing them down, giving Burrow protection, and he will be able to find his man. Obviously, Chase has been fairly locked down so far, but that's why the Bengals are one of the better teams in the league. They've just been using T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd instead, and that's been working well. It'll be obviously that's an interesting matchup with uh, I assume Xavier and Howard will be on chase, um, which means in theory, Higgins and Boyd should be getting a lot of the ball again this week. Um, could see a little bit more of mixing out the backfield, who has not started the season very well. Um, he's not been running well. The pass blocking, the run blocking hasn't been good for the Bengals. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, defensively, have played well, but have not played anyone good yet. So this will be a big test of their defense. And obviously, I'm sure you'll mention the Hill and Eli Applebeef uh, coming back from last season, uh, Hill has been calling him out, and Eli's been responding. So it's going to be, it's going to be chippy. Let's uh, let's go that far. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll, yeah, I, I said it in the in the brief chat we had before. I'm, I'm not overly confident. I feel we should win. Uh, I feel there's going to be a lot of points. Um, so I will obviously be leaning to Bengals minus three and a half. Um, 
I would be tempted to take the Dolphins in a teaser, even though it's not a Wong teaser. It just uh, bumps them up over 10 points, which for me, I don't think they're going to lose by more than that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait for the game, to be honest. I'm going to have a little nap and uh, wake up for that at 1am. Luckily, Royal Mellow on strike tomorrow, so I don't have to go to work. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to be able to watch it because, yeah, I do think it's going to be a really good game. Definitely excited to see it. I'm, I'm fortunate based in America that I don't have to get sleep uh, before the game starts here this evening. Jack, on the Dolphin side of the ball, obviously, we've we've spoken offline about kind of the aftermath of the, the Bills' win and how emotional that was. How do you see it going tonight? Um, I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, as Adam was saying, the Bengals could be 3 and all. The Dolphins could easily be 1-2 and two this year, bar the Patriots game, which the one with the relative ease could have lost the Ravens. Took a miracle comeback, and then against the Bills, the Dolphins played well. The defense is unreal, but they're with, like, what, two minutes to go, could have easily lost the game. Um, but they're not. They're 3-0, and all, so can't really complain. Um, as for this game, I think the Dolphins went out to plus five, I think at one stage on Skybet, maybe two days ago. Um, put a little bit on that. No confidence, really. Um, I think the Bengals will probably win the game, but there'll be a lot of scores. Uh, I'm just hoping that maybe with two or three minutes to go, the Dolphins, the ball's in two his hands and he's score a touchdown to maybe win the game or something like that uh, to make it interesting. But um, gambling-wise, over points looks good, but I really like back in uh, Tyreek. There's a special on William Hill, um, 72 for him to score a touchdown and over 80 yards. Really like that one. That's uh, probably going to be my only play of the night, bear the Dolphins plus five. And um, yeah, I'm kind of going off being a fan more than anything else to back of the Dolphins because I could easily see the Bengals win this game with double digits after uh, the Dolphins defense being out on the field for about three quarters of the game on Sunday. But um yeah, that's probably the angle I'm going to take on. It's more Tyreek and a few props like on the Dolphins players. I'm not quite as negative as, as Jack is about the Dolphins' outlook, but I do definitely agree that the uh, the aftermath of the Bills game is definitely going to be exhaustion. And obviously, they've had to travel pretty much the length of the, the country uh, up to Cincinnati on, on a very short week. Uh, so we will see how they hold up. If you are interested in betting on tonight's game, we should just say that AA Sport does have a very, very interesting offer uh, for all Thursday night games this season, you can bet, place a bet builder with 888sport.com uh, up to £20. And if your bet builder loses, you will get that stake refunded as a free bet, which you could then use on the weekend's NFL for a little acker as well. So definitely worth checking that out if you want to put a bet builder on tonight's game. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that the Dolphins have a chance in this game, though I think the over is the is the bet to take probably rather than either side. If the Dolphins are going to win this game, it's going to have to be an offensive performance. The three games that Miami have played so far against the Patriots, they had one long touchdown to Waddle, but generally the Dolph the Dolphins' defense was what won them that game. Conversely, against the Ravens, obviously a big comeback win, lots of high-powered offense, and two are throwing for you know 469 yards or whatever it was. And then again against the Bills, it was the defense that really stepped up. So they seem to be taking turns. Uh, each side of the ball to win games for Miami. So it definitely has to be the offense's, uh, offense's game tonight. I think the the matchup, I guess, of, of Hill and Waddle against Chase, Higgins and Boyd is really intriguing. Uh, there's a lot of debates all over ESPN this morning about which is the better receiving core. And I think we'll, we should be treated to a bit of uh, a show tonight. I certainly agree with Jack that Tyreek Hill revenge game against Eli Apple is potentially the narrative that I want to go for. If you want to be really out there, you can get Tyreek to have 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns at about 40 to one, which that's worth a couple of quid. I think just in case he goes absolutely nuclear, like we know he can do at times. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I mean, again, as a fan, I'm going to lean Dolphins plus 3.5, or if you can get the plus five that Jack's talking about, definitely that. But uh, I'm looking forward to a really good game. And if you'd offered me three and one, which is the worst the Dolphins are going to be after four games this season, I would have absolutely taken that come the start of the season. So it's a bit of a free hit. And let's just enjoy it. Moving on, we'll go to Sunday and we get our first London game of the season. And this is the Minnesota Vikings, just to be very clear, not playing at one o'clock Eastern time <laughs> against the New Orleans Saints, who as of right now, it looks like may be quarterbacked by Andy Dalton. Interestingly enough, in 2016, there was a matchup in London between then Washington, can't say that name anymore, quarterback Kirk Cousins, 
and Andy Dalton, who was then the quarterback of Adams Cincinnati Bengals. And that game finished in a tie. So chaos likely to happen between these two very pale white male quarterbacks. And <laughs> hopefully the crowd at London, uh, the Tottenham Stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London will be treated to a show. The Vikings are currently minus 2.5 and the over-under is 43. Adam, Kirk Cousins not at 1pm, but the Saints with a lot of injuries. How do you see this one? Yeah, 43 isn't exactly uh, the the highlight, is it? It's, um, I think, that, to be fair, I think games do tend to go over at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium with obviously a specialised NFL pitch. It's obviously a lot quicker and a lot more used to what the guys are playing on. So the over could be a look. But as you say, with Kirk Cousins outside of his comfort zone and with possibly Andy Dalton or Jameis with four fractures in his back, it's not exactly conducive to good offense on show. Um, I would like the Vikings to win. I, I prefer them as a team. Uh, annoyingly, I'm not going to this one or any of the London games this year. It just wasn't wasn't meant to be this year, unfortunately, for me. So um will miss out. I know a lot of people who are going, so that's good. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want the Vikings to win. I hope they do, but we don't know what Dalvin Cook is going to be like, whether he's going to be playing after dislocating his shoulder, which apparently is a common thing for him, and he wasn't too fussed, but I can't imagine it's going to be fun playing a week after that. Um, yeah, I, I want the Vikings to win. I think they have a good chance to win. Um, I would have to lean that way. Um, but yeah, over would be my bet if I had one on this. Quite the opposite of you. I really like the Saints and don't like the Vikings, to be honest. I don't really, I don't really know why. I've just always had a soft spot for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, anyway, Jack, uh, Vikings minus 2.5. Good that it's a small spread. Is And, you know, Kirk Cousins, I think, as much as I do not necessarily like him, I think he's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton, certainly in the here and now. If it is Dalton against Cousins, does that make your mind up that you'd be going to the Vikings side? Uh, I think I'd probably go with the Vikings anyway to win. Uh, I said after they lost to the Eagles last weekend in prime time or two weekends ago, I'm not back in the Vikings in uh, prime time. I'm not sure if this counts as prime time, does it? I suppose it is a standalone game. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's an 8.30 a.m. Uh, central time where I am. So a 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. So it's breakfast time. I don't know if that's prime time or not, but this this is the ideal Nickelodeon game in, re in reality. So. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, I'm going to pretend it's not uh, prime time, and I'll uh, I'll lean towards the Vikings winning the game. Um, I can't back Andy Dalton. Like, when's the last time he even started a game? Um, in fairness, for the Bengals for the years, he was he was decent. Like, obviously, he was no Joe Burrow, but he was decent enough quarterback. Um, the Vikings minus two point five. As I said, it's not three really that high of a of a spread. I probably would lean towards them winning the game. Like, I don't know, minus two point five. They could have win by one or two. Like, it's one of them games. I wouldn't be surprised if. There's nothing really between them. Um, the Saints were very disappointed last weekend. So after losing, you'd expect a little bit of a bounce back. But um, yeah, if I was if I was to pick something, I would go with the Vikings minus 2.5. But I'd be a lot more confident in just backing them to win the game. Yeah, I just, I can't really for the life of me believe that the Saints roster, as talented as it is, is potentially going to be one and three after four games. It just doesn't really make sense in my head. That's not a one and three roster as far as I'm concerned, especially when you consider that one team in a game we're about to talk about is going to be three and one with their two absolute disgraces of a roster in Chicago and New York. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, th I think I'll end up watching this game largely because it's early morning and uh, I will be up. Anyway, uh, there's a rather large Manchester derby on Sunday at about the same time. Mm. So this might be relegated to the second screen based on the fact that it's Kirk Cousins. But uh, I will be watching it. I, if I had to, I agree with you, Adam. I'd probably lean to the over just because of that fast turf in London. And uh, I, was, I was at a game at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium uh, a few years ago where Jameis threw five interceptions. And yet somehow I think <laughs> the over still hit because McCaffrey went crazy himself. So, um, yeah, I would... Uh, I would lean to the over and, you know, hope that we see more of the Chris Olave breakout that started to happen. I think he looks really good, especially if Michael Thomas is out. Uh, we don't have lines for that game yet, but I would be taking Chris Olave's over all over the shop if I could do. Um, but yeah, I think the Vikings probably eke out the win largely due to the Saints injuries rather than uh, anything else. I think if they were full strength, I would be leaning more towards the Saints. Um, we've spoken about Browns and Falcons, but let's crack on with 
next up, we'll do the Titans at the Colts. Titans are plus 3.5. Over-under is, again, 43. Colts coming off a huge, potentially season-saving win against the Chiefs to get them to the uncommon uh, record of 1-1-1 one, one, and one after three games, which is you know humorous in and of itself. Tennessee had a big win in the 0-2 Bowl against Las Vegas. 3.5 feels like a strange line considering that Jonathan Taylor has been a bit banged up. I think he was back at practice today, but he has been a bit banged up. I mean, this game could be the two best pure running backs in the league at just taking the ball north to south. Uh, we might see a lot of leaning on, on Henry and Taylor. Jack, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, your thoughts on on Tennessee and Indianapolis in this AFC South battle? Yeah, um, I'm not high on either team, really, to be honest. Uh, both teams got a good win last weekend. Uh, the Colts always start off poorly, in fairness, every year. Um, so I'd imagine they'll start to improve as the year goes on. I still think the Jags could end up winning the division. That's how little confidence I have on these two teams. Um, Titans plus 3.5. Oh, I, I don't think I'd touch either team. Um, as you said, Jonathan Taylor, if he plays, which I hope so because I have him on my fantasy, and Derrick Henry, I'd say they'll be used a lot. So I suppose under 43, which isn't even that high of a total, I'd probably lean towards that more than anything else. Um, although the Titans seem to always beat the Colts, I think they've beaten them four of the last five times. So I I would have leaned towards maybe the Colts minus 3.5, but just based on that, I won't touch it. Um the unders is probably the only play I would go near in this game just because of the two Russian attacks. Yeah, clock might continue to roll for most of this game. Uh, Adam, your thoughts on the supposed two best teams in the AFC South, uh, but right now they don't sit at the top of the division. Yeah, it's obviously been a very weird start for them, but they never win the opening game. They never win at Jacksonville, so... I guess we can well, not write those games off because we obviously expected more from them. But they, there was the two bogey matches and then they came out last week and won a game they probably shouldn't have done against the Chiefs. So, yeah, very weird start for them. The Titans are very weird as well. So, it's um, yeah, it's a tough one to pick. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably go with the home team just because they're at home and obviously these two know each other well. Um, but then again, I think Vrabel is a very good coach. I think he's probably a better coach than Frank Reich, to be honest. So... Yeah, it's a rough one. Um, again, I agree with Jack on this one. Probably lean into the under, but it's quite a low total. Not, not one I'll be betting on either side, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm allergic to taking unders on principle, so I, I won't be doing that. Um, and that's probably why Jack and Adam are far more successful at this than I am. Uh, but I would probably lean to the Titans if I had to pick a side, largely due to what you said, Adam, about Vrabel being a really good coach. I think they're able to keep this game close. Um I think the Colts looked a, a lot better last week, shall we say. But we are also, I guess, having to take into account that the only reason they won that game, or a large reason they won that game, was a very strange flag for abusive language uh, that Chris Jones got for the Chiefs that allowed the Colts to stay on the field and uh, cash in. I was glad to see Jelani Woods get in the end zone, big tight end. I've got him in a couple of dynasty leagues. So thanks for that, Matt Ryan. That bodes well for the future. Uh, but yeah, I could see this one being tight and, you know, come down to a field goal either way. So Titans 3.5 would be, uh, Titans plus 3.5, excuse me, would be, would be my pick for this one. Where shall we go next? And thank you for that, Adam. We're going to go to Dallas hosting the Washington Commanders, the Cooper Rush homecoming after he has successfully won them a primetime game against Danny Dimes, who, other than Kirk Cousins, is the worst quarterback in primetime in the NFL. Uh, the line currently is Commanders plus 3.5, and the over-under is 41.5, which does feel low considering Carson Wentz does like to just chuck up uh, Hail Marys in garbage time, and you never know what's going to happen with him and that offense. I will say, first and foremost, for me here, that I, I, I like the Cowboys here. I wish it was 2.5, not 3.5, but I just really do not respect or rate the Commanders at all. I think what Kellen Moore has done in tailoring the offense to Cooper Rush, making it a little bit more simple, finding ways to get Tony Pollard, especially the ball more. And I even think that Ezekiel Elliott has had a decent start to the season. Uh, you know, everyone can see that this is Tony Pollard's job as soon as Zeke's contract is gone. But uh, with CeeDee Lamb still making unbelievable catches and the occasional drop, 
uh, out wide. I, I do think the Cowboys have more than enough to win this game, even if Dalton Schultz isn't back. As the specter of Dak returning in the next couple of weeks seems to loom large. Uh, Adam, your thoughts on Cowboys minus 3.5 against Washington? Yeah, I, I'm taking pretty much anyone against Washington at the moment. I don't rate them at all. I do not think their defense is very good, and I don't think Carson Wentz is very good. So definitely lean into the Cowboys in this one. Obviously, you've got Cooper Rush, who's 3-0 and in his career so he's as a starter. So, I mean, yeah, not, not a whole lot more to say. I, I agree with what you said, that Zeke's looked quite good. They obviously have CeeDee Lamb performing last week and Noah Brown being uh, the favoured target of Cooper Rush by the look of it. He's... Um, He's moving the ball well, and yeah, again, not a whole lot to say, really. I think Cowboys win. I think they win by more than three and a half, so I'd definitely be leaning their way. Jack, you have the same mindset, or you flip into the commander's side? I'm just not back in the commanders. <laughs> like, I if the handicap here was plus 7.5, I wouldn't be back in the commanders, but at the same time, I'm not back in Cooper Rush either. This is one of them games that I'm just staying well away from. I'm just going to pretend it's not even happening, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> What, 41.5 line? I'm not going to touch on that. And the handicap, not going near it either. I think the Cowboys will win the game. But, yeah, I'm just not backing Cooper Rush to cover any um, any line, even though he is 3-0. Um, I'll just be staying away. <laughs> yeah, is he, is he the worst undefeated starting quarterback of the last few years, I guess, maybe? He's definitely he, up I, there, I'd say. Yeah, you don't, you don't look at him and think 3-0 undefeated with wins on the road in prime time against Minnesota and... Uh, New York, but again, Minnesota and New York in prime time. Maybe that's why. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think uh, Adam and I are on the Cowboys, and Jack is having self control and staying away, which I, I respect. Probably Next the most sensible game, thing. Yeah, def definitely the most sensible thing. Jack is Jack is the sensible one out of all of us. Um, the game of the weekend, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the Sunday night football has an argument. But these two uh, teams are led by the two front runners for MVP, as far as I'm concerned, in the opening three weeks of the season. It is Bills at Ravens. According to the live line on 8-8 Sport, it's now minus 2.5. So contrary to what is uh, what is on the screen. Sorry, Adam, for um, correcting that. But yeah, it's currently now minus 2.5 to Buffalo, which I feel is an important distinction to make because obviously that extra point right. can make a huge difference. So Bills minus 2.5, over-under is still 51. Um, me being me, I see these two offenses and I just scream over. Uh, but as far as how we see the game going, Jack, Josh Allen and Lamar appear to be the two front runners for MVP. Do you agree with that first and foremost? And then who do you think comes out on top on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I think whoever wins this game will be, whichever quarterback wins this game will be favourite uh, for MVP. Even though I do think towards the end of the season, how you do probably stands a bit more to the beginning of the season. Um, Lamar has been absolutely exceptional. Even the game that lost the Dolphins, he was he was unbelievable. Um, last weekend, Josh Allen, I know they only got was it 20, 19 points or 21 points, but he was very, very good. He made a few you know stupid stupid decisions that he, he always does really, but he was very good. Um the Bills could have easily won that game. They didn't, but they could have. Mm -hmm. Um I I don't know. I I think the handicap's probably right at around three. Um I hope the Ravens win because I've never seen a fan base cry so much about losing the game than the Bills last weekend, blaming the, the sun in, in Miami and everything, uh, which obviously has a factor, but you know, both teams had to had to deal with it. Uh as you said, I expect a lot of points. Fifty one is high, but I could just see these both these offenses and both these quarterbacks scoring multiple touchdowns um, I really hope the Ravens win this game but uh, if I was to do Anthony it'd probably be over 51 points um, there's a few props in that game that are good as well um, around Lamar uh, scoring to, or throwing for touchdowns um, I think it's 1.5 is 6 to 5 on William Hill I think that's a great great price can't understand why it's um, over evens uh, that's probably the only thing I'd touch really in this game as opposed to either line but um yeah, I expect a lot of points in this game. Yeah, and a special shout-out to Lamar for uh, his performance last Sunday where I think we gave out his passing yards over at 217.5 and he had 218 yards passing. So thanks to Lamar <laughs> for delivering right on the money. That's my boy. Um, Adam, obviously, Jack has uh, lent his knowledge to this game and, and obviously you know the Ravens pretty well in the AFC North there. I'm assuming you'd rather the Bills won this game. 
Uh, I, I would. <laughs> how do you see this one going? I most definitely would rather the Bills win this game. And now it's under the three. I think that's the bet for me on this one. Is um, is that one? I, I fully agree with Jack on the over as well. It could be. I mean, hopefully it'll be one of the games of the season. They're both struggling on defense, both with multiple injuries to cornerbacks and uh, defensive backs. So in theory, should lead to a load of passing. Um, as Jack said, stole my uh, stole my bet from the chat. The Lamar Jackson over one and a half touchdowns uh, plus money. He's had three, three and four in their three games so far, admittedly. Uh, well, I was going to say against worse defenses, but... Um, the Dolphins' defense obviously was pretty good, so yeah, he, he's looked he's looked fantastic so far this year. Obviously, running the ball and throwing the ball. I I just don't the Ravens. You look at them on paper and you wonder how they're doing it, but I guess it's Lamar Jackson. I, I can't really think of any other answer. Obviously, Mark Andrews is very good. Devin Duvernay, three touchdowns in three games is um for, well four touchdowns sorry in three games is fairly absurd, but he obviously gets himself open and he's being found. Uh, the Bills obviously. Couldn't get it over the line last week. They dominated the stats. They dominated everything on offense. Just couldn't get it done. So you've got to expect them to bounce back. Uh, Stefan Diggs thought his yardage was low at 79.5 um, for what he can do. Uh, obviously, they're hoping to have Gabe Davis looking healthier this week. The run game is what it is. Um, Montgomery, um, not Montgomery. Singletary did pretty well last week. Um, and James Cook has done a little bit in cleanup games. Yeah, I, I just think a lot of points, and I think in the end of the day, the Bills will be the winners here, but it should be a heck of a game. Um, I think next week it's Ravens versus Bengals, so uh, that will be probably the highlight of next week as well. So shouldn't really be looking forward, but there we are. <laughs> yeah, I just think this game is is, is must-see TV, basically. I'm just I'm so excited just to sit down and watch it, knowing that we've already played and beaten both of these teams as a Dolphins fan, so I, I don't have to be super concerned. I just think that both of these teams are... 100% likely to be, uh, you know, later playoff teams this season. I think they're both exceptional and uh, could be a really good game. Okay, we'll move on to our next game. And this is my personal pick for worst game of the weekend uh, because one of these two teams is going to be three and one, which is disgusting to say the least. It's the Chicago Bears, them of 23 completed passes in three games. Plus 4.5 at the New York Giants. 39.5 is the over-under. I feel like the under is a very safe bet here, even though I would never do it myself. It's such a horrible game, this. Um, Giants picked up more injuries on Monday night. Are we ever sure what we're actually going to see out of Daniel Jones week by week? Does Justin Fields actually have a brain? No one's quite sure. Khalil Herbert stepped in nicely for David Montgomery last week and, and ran well for the Bears. So you may see a lot of Herbert and a lot of Saquon Barkley in this game. Saquon himself looking like he's getting back towards what we expected him to be as a young draftee. Adam, Bears-Giants, is this a stay away for you or is there a bit of value that you see on one of these two sides? Uh, you can get minus three in most places. The 4.5 is a big plus money for the Giants. So at, at three, then I've, I've got to lean to the Giants. I've said all season that the Bears are one of the worst teams in the league. And despite them being somehow at two and one, I can't I can't go away from that. Um, I do really like Khalil Herbert. I tipped him up over 21 and a half rushing yards last week, which he just about seven times um, thanks to that Montgomery injury. So I do think giving him more of the ball is a good look. And whether it's come through choice or through being forced. I'm not really fussed. I think he will run well. Um, like you said, the Giants having losing more players at wide receiver, uh, annoyingly for them, they're only one of their only wide receivers who's healthy is Kenny Galladay, who they don't want, and he doesn't want to be there. The, the drop he had last week was, I was going to say inexcusable, but it was, it looked pretty, watching it in slow motion, it looked deliberate, to be honest, but uh, um yeah, it is not a game either of us, any of us should bet on, but I would have to lean to the Giants minus three. And Jack, on this one for you? Um, I think this is probably the worst two-on-one matchups I've ever came across as an NFL fan. Um, two just woeful teams. And as you said, I can't believe one of them is going to be three and one um, by Sunday night. Uh, 39.5 is a very, very low number, but I think Daniel Jones and uh, Justin Fields could be better at rushing than there and actually throwing the ball um, as two NFL quarterbacks. So if I was to pick Anton, it'd be under 39 and a half points, but it's so low. I don't even know if it's, if it's backable because both these, both these quarterbacks could throw 
two to three t- uh, interceptions and obviously leaves an easy field then for the opposition's offense. Uh, I'm not touching the Bears plus four and a half and I can't do the Vikings minus four and a half either. So it'd be strictly the under points, if anything, in this game. But yeah, it's one of them games that I might check what the score is at the end of the game, but I really don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, to be honest with you. And uh, going from this game that we don't care about to one that we definitely do, uh, one of the surprise packages of the season, the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jaguars are 7.5-point underdogs, and the over-under is 45.5. You can also find this line at 6.5 elsewhere, which may be something that you are interested in doing, depending on which side you see this going to Jacksonville have kind of come out of the traps quick. You know, we say they have this hoodoo over Indianapolis and always seem to be able to find a way to win that game. But their performance last week against the Chargers has really made a lot of people sit up and take notice. And that was a very one-sided game, especially in the second half there. Obviously we know what Herbert and various other injuries to the Chargers, Keenan Allen wasn't playing, but the Jaguars did what they needed to do. And ran the ball really well. ETN and James Robinson looks like a good one-two punch. All of a sudden, Christian Kirk is trying to justify his massive contract. And even Zay Jones is getting in on the act for the Jaguars as Trevor Lawrence looks to become a star in this league. And on the other side, Jalen Hurts is probably the third man in the MVP discussion right now, along with Lamar and Josh Allen. I know a lot of people were very high on the Eagles uh, preseason, I still felt like it was the Cowboys' division to lose, but the Eagles have started on absolute fire. So, Jack, Eagles, is this a simple one? Is this one you see being close? Are we looking high points, low points? How do you feel? Um, just like you, even before the season started, a lot of people were very high on the Eagles. I thought they'd be good, but definitely didn't expect them to be as impressive as they were. Um, I thought the Jags would be a lot better with obviously Urban Meyer gone um, didn't expect them to be this good but yeah very impressive so far um, I expect this game to be close and the Eagles seem to be just hammering teams so it mightn't be as easy as the other games um, I think the 7.5 and 6.5 is a massive difference I'd be back in the Jags plus 7.5 but plus 6.5 I wouldn't go near it just having that touchdown is uh, is massive when it comes to handicap betting uh, I expect it to be a good game, yeah. A nice, good, a good close game. Uh, the points I probably wouldn't touch, but yeah, I'd probably go Jags plus seven and a half, especially the way that uh, Trevor Lawrence is playing. He really looks like the number one pick that he was last year. Well, yeah, last year, the year before, the year before this year was that. Um, and yeah, I expect, expect a good game. And Jags plus seven and a half is definitely my lean. Adam? Uh, yeah, I was one of the ones who was high on the Eagles in preseason, and they, as you said, they've come out on fire. They're dominant on, on the offensive line and the defensive line, and they've got a very easy schedule this year. This was one of the games I thought would be very easy, and um, it's not looking quite as easy as I was expecting. I would, I would definitely be taking the Eagles minus six and a half um, if you can get that. Um, but again, I, I'm the same as Jack. I'd probably lean Jags with seven and a half. I have no idea what to make on the total. I would like to see over. Um, but the Eagles have been destroying teams in the first half and then sitting back and allowing uh, their defense to take over in the second half. So, yeah, I, I'm, I, to be honest, if um, obviously without the Bengals playing on Sunday night, it's probably the one I'll be tuning into, which I didn't think I would be saying three weeks ago. Um, should be a heck of a game. Yeah, it should be really interesting. I think I'm right in saying that this is the Sky game over the Bills yes. Ravens, right? <laughs> yeah. Which in itself yeah. is remarkable and maybe yeah. a bad decision but either way um yeah I, I tend to agree i think at minus 6.5 i would take the eagles here i think this might just be a step too far for this young talented jaguars team i think they are building in the right direction as jack said and certainly with the stain of urban meyer gone doug peterson was always a very good coach in philadelphia i'll be interested to see what kind of reception he gets from the eagles fans back in philly having brought them the super bowl and then had the infamous uh, nate sudfeld sunday night game on his way out of the door uh but that game you know Long, long, long since gone, and the Eagles are in a better place now than they were then. So, uh, Eagles yeah. fans, Eagles fans are going to be booing him there. You think? <laughs> oh. Yeah, his Eagles fans, they're going to boo him. <laughs> they they the don't worst. care about history. He's not there anymore, so they'll boo him. Yeah, you're probably right. In all honesty, about Philadelphia. Um, all right, <laughs> moving on. We're rattling through these. We'll go Jets, Steelers. The return of the prodigal son, the Wilson, Zach Wilson, back in the line for 
New York as Gangrene looks to try and upset the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Mitch Trubisky didn't look great last Thursday against the Cleveland Browns. That game was a slog to watch. Uh, Over-under is 41.5. Jets are plus 4.5. That line has come down since uh, since Zach Wilson was announced uh, to be playing, I think. Uh, it's also plus three on William Hill, so there are so still some variation in the lines all over the place. Uh, Adam, again, another AFC North team here in the Steelers who managed to sneak one by you week one. I'm still not quite sure how that happened. Um, the Jets with Zach Wilson... You saw the Jets last week against the Bengals. They didn't look great without him with Flacco. How do you feel now about this Jets team getting their uh, supposed franchise quarterback back? Uh, I don't know if it's a boost or not, to be honest. Yeah, Flacco had his moment in the sun in that comeback against the Browns, uh, and he was dismal last week. He was fumbled the ball every time he got hit. He threw many, many interception-worthy plays that weren't taken. And there was a good, they, they could have, they could have lost by 40, 50 last week. So, I mean, the, the Jets were always going to bring Wilson back as soon as they could. He is the future. They need to see what they've got with him. Um, with the talented, well, fairly talented offense they've built around him, to be honest. Um, it'll be interesting to see who gets the targets. Garrett Wilson has been getting them. He's been, um, he's actually second in red zone targets in the league this year uh, behind just Devontae Adams. So it'll be interesting to see how Wilson does. I, I don't know what to say about Zach Wilson, to be honest. Obviously, without TJ Watt, he's going to get more time than he otherwise would have done. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, I believe, was in concussion protocol earlier in the week. So that's a big loss to the secondary for the Steelers. Ah, this could be Kenny Pickett. I, I know that Tomlin keeps saying it won't be, but this Steelers offense is horrible to watch. Um, if Trubisky starts, I would have to lean sort of probably the, the Jets getting four and a half. Um, but it's nothing. I'm not going to be touching this game at all. You've got to lean to the under, really, under 41 and a half, and probably the Jets, just because I just don't think the Steelers can put up points on anyone. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I, the Steelers team is disappointed, I guess, so far. Trubisky, you were hoping maybe he would rediscover some of his uh, early career form, and it hasn't really happened yet. So... Uh, this is one that I wouldn't really like either side of, but I'll be interested to see how Zach Wilson performs. I think that's probably the uh, the headline for me in in this game. Uh, we've got any more in the early slate, or are we on to the late slate? I think uh, Jack. Anything yeah. on this game? <laughs> oh, sorry, Jack. My bad. <laughs> um, no, no worries. Um, yeah, I, I the Steelers back to win. I think they're eight fifteen. Uh, Zach Wilson, I don't know. I don't think he's really any upgrade on Joe Flacco. Um, first game of the season going up against the Steelers defense um, in Pittsburgh. Can't see it going too well from. Uh, as Adam said, I think it could be a game you see Kenny Pickett come in at halftime. The fans are well on Mr. Trubisky's back already, and if he can't put up points against this Jets defense, he really shouldn't be starting. Uh, he really shouldn't be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, yeah, the Steelers backed plus four and a half. It's like one of them games I can just see the Steelers. I can't see the Steelers not winning, but I could easily see them winning by a point or two. It's just, ugh, I just can't back the Jets. Um, as Adam said against the Bengals last weekend, they were absolutely terrible. Uh, the Steelers, I think, played Thursday night, so they get an extra three days or four days rest. That could be a big thing. Um, 41 and a half points, I'd lean towards the under, but... The only thing I'm backing this game is the Steelers to win because I just can't get inside my head of the Jets coming in and Zach Wilson's first start and actually winning in Pittsburgh. Yep, I think that's completely fair. Completely fair. We move now to the late window uh, and we are getting to these 3 p.m., 3.25 p.m. in the States and 9.30 p.m. in the UK time games. Big one in the AFC West as the 0-3, the lone 0-3 team in the NFL, Las Vegas Raiders, host Russell Wilson's extremely weird-looking Denver Broncos team, who, again, are 2-1 and one despite absolutely not deserving it. It's a strange matchup. I personally was quite low on both of these two teams coming into the season. I thought clearly the Chargers and the, uh, the Chiefs were better. 
And so it seems so far, even though the Broncos have managed to eke out a couple of wins. That said, I don't think the Raiders are an 0-4 team. And I think this Broncos team is extremely fraudulent having a winning record at this point. So for me, I will be leaning towards the Raiders in this one. Jack, we'll start with you here so I don't forget to ask you. My bad on the last one. Broncos plus 2.5. Raiders uh, 45.5 is the over-under. Are you riding with Josh McDaniels to get his first win here? Um, before the season started, sorry, before the season started, I thought the the Raiders were massively on fraud watch. I was right there, zero and three. Don't really rate them at all. Um, I thought the Broncos would be Super Bowl contenders, to be honest. And despite them being two and one, they've been terrible. Um, Russell Wilson looks lost. Oh, I, I this is saying a lot, like because I love backing against the Raiders. I wouldn't even touch the Broncos plus two and a half. Um, I think this was scratch, I think, on Monday morning. Um, so, obviously, a good bit of money gone on the Raiders to win. Uh, I suppose starting, starting 0-3, it's, it's hard to see them starting 0-4. Um, the Broncos, they just look all over the place. I know they bet the 49ers last weekend, but, geez, it was hard to watch. I watched the highlights of it, and I think the highlights were about eight minutes long. They're usually about 12 or 13, and I think I skipped it and managed to watch it all in about 35 seconds. Um <laughs> Yeah, thankfully I didn't stay up for that one. Uh, if I was to back something, it'd probably be the under, just how bad the Broncos' offense has been. But I'd say I'll probably just end up staying away from this game completely because neither team give me confidence in any side of the ball or in any ways. Yeah, it's not one of the games that I'm particularly looking forward to watching, shall we say. Uh, Adam, for you do, you, do you like either of these teams more than Jack and I have described? <laughs> not particularly no no i think i'd be leaning under as well just because broncos got a good defense and their offense isn't clicking at the moment so yeah I'd, I'd have to lean the under really um probably leans to the broncos getting the points but it's uh as as hansus on the around the nfl says it's a cornered animal fight from the raiders and they they uh, well, i mean they need to win to save their season essentially so they may be able to do that. I don't think they will. I would definitely be leaning to the Broncos, but yeah, under would be the bet for me. Yeah, I think that's completely completely sensible from both of you there. I, I wouldn't want to really think too much about this game even existing. You know, Derek Carr against Russell Wilson is not exactly a exciting matchup as of right now. As we continue down this Sunday late slate. This one I'm looking forward to because I think this one could be a 30 or 40 point victory for the Green Bay Packers. Um, Mac Jones and the New England Patriots have not had a good start to the season. They are one and two through three games, having been beaten by the Ravens and the Dolphins and managed to sneak a win out in Pittsburgh that they didn't really deserve. The over-under is 40, but the Patriots, excuse me, are nine and a half point underdogs going into Lambeau Field Largely because, for all the world, it looks like Brian Hoyer is going to be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. I've spent all off-season saying that the Patriots are not going to be good because they don't have any weapons around Mac Jones. And now they have downgraded significantly from Mac Jones to Brian Hoyer. I think nine and a half is actually a lower line than I was expecting, to be completely honest. Green Bay just coming off a big win against Tampa Bay. Didn't necessarily look great offensively later on, having started well, but with A.J. Dillon, the rushing touchdown machine, uh, Aaron Jones and the wide receivers that they have, Romeo Dobbs having a little bit of a breakout there for Green Bay. I'm wholeheartedly on the Green Bay train in this game. Adam, obviously, we've still only got the one rushing touchdown from A.J. Dillon. We need him to pick up the pace a little bit here. Uh, you know, you're basically wanting him to go one at three games, one in every three games. So he's on pace, but needs to make sure that he uh, he gets one coming up soon here. I certainly think he might do this weekend as I could really see the Packers breaking out early and then running the ball for the rest of the game. How, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think this is going to be run heavy on both sides. Um, obviously, the Patriots are going to try and run the game, uh, run the ball, but if they do have Brian Hoyer there, then they don't really have much choice, but they could be trailing by miles, which in, sen- in theory means that they should be throwing the ball more, but when you don't have much, then it is difficult to do that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Packers should win by a considerable number. And yeah, fingers crossed, AJ Dillon gets in the end zone. I did see he was um, sleeper popped up with a downgraded to questionable at one point this week, but I don't think it's anything too serious. Um, yeah, I do fancy Aaron Jones and Dillon both to find the end zone for them. Um, yeah, Mac Jones apparently is saying that there's a chance he still plays, but the way he hobbled off the pitch last week, it seems hard to believe. So we'll see. Either if he plays, it's probably going to be 
well, probably minor, probably um, Patriots plus seven. I don't think it's going to change a whole lot. I think it will still be around a touchdown spread. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I, I like the Packers here and probably under. It could be a 30 to seven or something similar to that. Jack, belief in Green Bay, belief in New England. How are you feeling about these two teams right now? Um, I don't really rate either team that highly. I think the Patriots, well, I suppose their records, yes, they're not that good of a team. But I know the Packers won last weekend, but like Tom Brady had no weapons whatsoever. Um, and they actually nearly ended up coming back in the end. Um, this just reminds me of the Packers against the Bears. Was it Monday night? Or was it Sunday night the weekend before last? Yeah. The handicap was nine and a half as well. I just, uh, I just think the Packers have probably just run the ball over the Patriots. Um, I'm not really convinced of Mac Jones either. And Brian Hoyer, he's very, very average. Um, I don't think it really matters that much in who plays between the two of them. Uh, the total of 40 is low, but again, it's one I'd be going under. The Packers, like it's one of them games the Packers could be winning by maybe 17 or 14 in the last quarter and kind of just going to prevent defense. And then you might get a, a stupid Patriots touchdown. They win by seven very comfortably. Like So 9.5 is probably too high to touch, especially against you know a bit of Belichick team. Um, so yeah, if I was to do Anthony, it probably would be the unders. The Packers aren't back, but money line, I think they're one to five. Um, so yeah, unders would probably be my only selection for, for this game. Yeah, like I said, I, I I do like the Patriots in this one. I just think, uh, sorry, excuse me, I do like the Packers in this one. Uh, I just think that Rodgers will be able to uh throw the ball as much as he needs to, and then Dylan and Jones are very, very good with the ball in their hands. But anyway, we will move on to Sunday Night Football as we try and finish. The final few games here. This game has now been confirmed to be taking place in Tampa Bay, despite Hurricane Ian trying to uh, threaten that. And obviously, we use our we send our best wishes to everyone in Florida. Hopefully, they're staying safe as best as they can. Chiefs plus one point five at Tampa Bay. Forty six and a half is the over under. I have to say, I like Kansas City in this because. I think Tampa Bay just haven't figured out their offense yet. Though Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, perhaps Julio Jones, probably could all be back for this game. Adam, how do you see Mahomes versus Brady on Sunday night? I well, I was leaning to the unders with the weather, but it looks like it's going to be clear by um, Sunday night. Obviously, it's passing through at the moment, so it's going to move on up the coast. And yeah, by Friday, uh, by Sunday, seems like it should be all right. Um, yeah, it's. It's an interesting one. It all depends on who the books have back, really, doesn't it? It's um, obviously going to have Evans back. They could have Julio, could have Chris Godwin. Apparently, he's been training as well. So that would change them massively because throwing to Scotty Miller, Bashard Perryman and uh, Russell Gage is not going to win a game, even though, as Jack said, they did come back well last week. Um, I don't know what to make of the Chiefs, really, either. They're, um, they're, they're obviously moving the ball around a lot, but I think if you slow Kelsey, then you're basically going to stop him. The run game isn't that effective. Uh, Clyde has been doing a fair bit in the passing game from the backfield. But yeah, I'd, I'd have to lean to the Chiefs getting the points, but it's not one I'd be backing. I won't be running to back anything, obviously. I, I just, Frankly, I don't know what's going to happen with these teams. The Bucks do have a very, very good defense. That's one thing they did prove last week. They held up well um, after, tra- after Lytton, 14 points in the first quarter. I think they didn't let any more for the rest of the game, so... Or maybe it was one. I can't remember entirely. Um, but yeah, they. Yeah, I, I won't be betting on this one. I would lean to the Chiefs. That's, that's why I'm going to leave it up instead of rambling. <laughs> it all made sense, Jack. For you, Chiefs and Bucks in this one. Yeah, I, I think both teams will end up being, you know, they're thereabouts when it comes to the playoffs. Like they'll probably both get to the, like maybe the last eight or last four. Um, but I don't think either team are really playing that well per se. Uh, I don't know how the Chiefs lost last weekend. Like taking fake field goals and just stupid decisions. I just, I just you know, it just made no sense to me. I had the Chiefs backed money line and uh, I remember seeing a message in the chat saying back the Colts and I was like, this can't be happening because I thought they were comfortable enough uh, to win the game. Um, the Buccaneers, oh, I had them backed as well last weekend. So yeah, uh, don't think I'd be touching them this weekend either. I was going to do under 46 and a half points because the Buccaneers defense last weekend was phenomenal against uh, Rodgers in the second half. Um, they were unbelievable. It's one of the best defensive performances I've ever seen um, against Rodgers and only for Brady had no weapons. I think they would have came back and won the game, but that's life. Um, 
the fact that Brady's getting all them weapons back, I don't think I'll touch 46 and a half. But again, it's the only thing I'd probably do is maybe the unders in it. Um, Chiefs plus one and a half. I think the Chiefs were under or were favourites by two points before uh, it was confirmed to be in Tampa. Um, if I had to pick someone, I'd probably pick the Chiefs to win the game, but no confidence. I'd say, even though it's a great matchup, I don't think I'll be betting on the game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I mean, it's also uh, really interesting to see the you know Brady Mahomes matchup. We know there's only so many left before uh, Tom finally rides off into the sunset. So it will be interesting to see. Uh, I'm never going to pick for Tom Brady because I don't like him. So uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs regardless here. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think Kelsey potentially has a big game after feeling like he uh, cost the Chiefs the game last week. So potentially uh, look for Travis Kelsey overs up against this tough Buccaneers defense. Monday night. And unfortunately, we have to watch Jimmy Garoppolo in primetime again. It's the Rams at the 49ers. Rams are plus one, Rams are plus one and a half. Is that real? Okay, yep. sorry. I've just completely... That's taken me... You can tell this is live. That's taken me, taken me aback. I've not looked at this game at all because I hate watching... Uh, bad NFC West teams and the 49ers fall into that category for me right now, especially on offense. Over under is 42 and a half. The Rams have lost six of their last seven against the 49ers and are 0 and 5 against the spread in their last five. God, Rams money line feels like free money to me, but that's just Jimmy Garoppolo talking to me in my ear. Um, Adam, Rams 49ers Monday night. Is this one you're going to want to stay up for back there in the UK? Uh, I am not on strike on Tuesday, so no, I will not be up for this one. Um, no, it, it, it's a weird. I, I I like the NFC West, but at the same time, I don't. It just doesn't excite me, and they're, they're obviously defensive heavy. Quite of these two teams, especially, is they have the ability to shut down games, and I'm I'm an offensive liker. I prefer further points in my games. So the, the games between these two, they're always interesting. They're always hard fought. Um, but yeah, it's part of the cycle of the NFC West of. Um, Shanahan beats McVay, McVay beats Cliff Kingsbury, and um, Cliff Kingsbury does nothing. But um, yeah, the, the, it's it's a weird cycle in the NFC West that one of the teams always seems to do well against the other, and the 49ers do have the ownership of the Rams. So yeah, it's it's not one I'll be staying up for. Um, and to be honest, I I can't even tell you which way I think it will go. I I'd like weirdly I like the Rams even though they beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl last year. I think uh, Cooper Cup's tough not to like. He just seems a nice guy, and he's obviously incredibly talented. Um, but what I saw from the Rams last week was Stafford. It didn't inspire me to back them. I thought they were pretty awful against the Cardinals, to be honest. It's just that the Cardinals are worse. Uh, the 49ers, obviously, are still trying to figure things out and keep getting injuries at running back. They know that Jimmy G knows the system. They just need to switch back to that and... They should be fine. So I guess I would lean to the 49ers at home, but it's nothing nothing I'm going to be waking up for or touching. Jack, for you, uh, this Rams 49ers game, I'm not looking forward to it. Do you feel differently? No. <laughs> um, just like you, I, I would have been back in the Rams here. Um, I'm surprised they're underdogs, but uh, as you said, the, the 49ers seem to have their number and I'm a firm believer of if a team has your number, they have your number. Um just like the Jags and the, or sorry, the Colts one to, to Jacksonville. I don't know why they just they just can't beat them. Um, oh, there's such weird vibes going on for the 49ers this year. Yeah, getting Jimmy Garoppolo just saying, look, we're not giving you the playbook or anything. Trey Lance is the man, and keeping him on the roster. Oh, it's just weird. It's like they envisioned that he was going to get injured or something. Um, last weekend against, I know, look, it's not easy to go into Denver. It's you know the defense is good, uh, especially in September. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was just absolutely atrocious. Um, the, the, the Rams, the first game, they were poor. In fairness, they got a good win against the Cardinals last weekend. They seem to be kind of getting back into it. Um, I, I'd be, I would be all over the Rams usually, but as I said, um, the 49ers record against them, I just won't be touching it. 42.5 points. Yeah, like, again, I won't be going over and under in this one. If I was to do Anthony, it'd probably be the Rams, but zero confidence really in it uh, with the record against the 49ers. Yeah, it's a weird one. I always hate when you, you look forward to Monday Night Football all day and then you get an absolute dud of a game. But maybe this game is so bad that it will be good. Maybe I can wish I can wish that to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo might finally uh, turn into an actual quarterback. That would be fun. 
anyway, uh, guys, any particular props that you want to highlight before we get out of here for the weekend? Uh, we mentioned the Lamar Jackson one before. Uh, I like James Robinson over 50.5 rushing yards, I think he is, against the Eagles. Uh, he, he's getting the bulk of the carries on the ground. And in fairness, he's looked good with it. So it is a difficult one against a very good Eagles defense. But I thought 50.5 was low. He's had at least 64 in each of his games so far uh, this season. And I'll be honest, that was the only other one I looked at. Uh, I do like Jamal Williams, obviously, to score a touchdown. Um, but you can't find that anywhere because they're still unsure on what Swift is going to do. He's been scoring even with Swift playing, so he's definitely one I'll look for as the main man there. Uh, Will Disley on the other side of the ball, nearly 4-1. to one. Uh, While I'm looking at that one, it's probably not too bad. He seems to be um, a decent target for the Seahawks and Geno this year a- against a Lions defense, which managed to stop Justin Jefferson. Jeff Akuda's looking really good, but the rest of them are not. Um, other than that, I've not looked at a whole lot of them. So, yeah, that'll be it for me, I think. Jack? Um, the Lamar one's really the only prop that I was looking at that I liked. Over one and a half um, touchdowns doesn't really make any sense to me. He's been playing unbelievable. Probably the MVP so far this year. Um, I was looking at the odds of tonight's game and Smite for the Dolphins. I know Gasicki is oh. seen as the, the, the main target, but Smite seems to be getting more uh, more snaps. So I think it was 8-1. to one. I'm not sure what it was, what it is now. I backed it yesterday at 8-1. I presume it's roughly around the same price if you look around. Um, that's one I do like. Um, and Saquon as well. I really liked backing him anytime in a game that I didn't think I'd have any interest in, but I've been informed before the podcast he's 8-15. So... Don't know if that's touchable. Um, hopefully the other bookies put out the odds and you get maybe evens on them. It's probably backable then, but definitely wouldn't be bothering my uh, bothering myself too. And I'm at eight to fifteen, but that's that's pretty much my selections for for props. Guys, always a pleasure. Nice to have uh, chatted through every game with you. Obviously, Adam will wish you a modicum of good luck tonight, and Jack will <laughs> wish you all the luck in the world. Um, may all your Dolphins plus three point five bets hit. Anything else we need to say, guys? Uh, just who day, really? Yeah, just uh, uh, look forward yeah, to yeah. Uh, just some points tonight. Hopefully, we'll we'll see. And as always, remember, Kirk Cousins is not playing at one p.m. Eastern, so just make sure you don't forget that. Anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you right here again next week on the Full Ten Yards Betting Podcast. Cheers. <laughs>